Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 27, and then through J.C. Rao's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark chapter 10, verses 17 to 27. And as he was setting out on his journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he said to him, Teacher, all these I have kept from my youth. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And they were exceedingly astonished and said to him, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man it is impossible, but not with God, for all things are possible with God. This is the word of the Lord. The story we have now read is recorded no less than three times in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, and Luke were all inspired by one spirit to write it for our learning. There is no doubt a wise purpose in this threefold repetition of the same simple facts. It is intended to show us that the lessons of the passage deserve particular notice from the Church of Christ. Let us learn for one thing from this passage, the self-ignorance of man. We are told of one who came running to our Lord and kneeled to him and asked him the solemn question, What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? At the first sight, there was much that was promising in this man's case. He showed anxiety about spiritual things, while most around him were careless and indifferent. He showed a disposition to reverence our Lord by kneeling to him, while scribes and Pharisees despised him. Yet all this time, this man was profoundly ignorant of his own heart. He hears our Lord recite those commandments which make up our duty to our neighbor and at once declares, All these I have observed from my youth. The searching nature of the moral law, its application to our thoughts and words as well as actions, are matters with which he is utterly unacquainted. The spiritual blindness here exhibited is unhappily most common. Myriads of professing Christians at the present day have not an idea of their own sinfulness and guilt in the sight of God. They flatter themselves that they have never done anything very wicked. They have never murdered or stolen or committed adultery or borne false witness. They cannot surely be in much danger of missing heaven. They forget the holy nature that God with whom they have to do. They forget how often they break his law in temper or imagination even when their outward conduct is correct. They never study such portions of Scripture as the fifth chapter of Matthew, or at any rate, 
They study it with a thick veil over their hearts and do not apply it to themselves. The result is that they are wrapped up in a self-righteousness. Like the church of Laodicea, they are rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing. Revelation 3.17 Self-satisfied they live, and self-satisfied too often they die. Let us beware of this state of mind. So long as we think that we can keep the law of God, Christ profits us nothing. Let us pray for self-knowledge. Let us ask for the Holy Spirit to convince us of sin, to show us our own hearts, and to show us God's holiness, and so to show us our need of Christ. Happy is he who has learned by experience the meaning of Paul's words, I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Romans 7.9 Ignorance of the law and ignorance of the gospel will generally be found together. He whose eyes have really been opened to the spirituality of the commandments will never rest until he has found Christ. Let us learn for another thing from this passage, the love of Christ towards sinners. This is a truth which is brought out in the expression used by Mark when, in this account of this man's story, he says that Jesus beholding him loved him. That love, beyond doubt, with a love of pity and compassion. Our Lord beheld with pity the strange mixture of earnestness and ignorance which the case before him presented. He saw with compassion a soul struggling with all the weakness and infirmity entailed by the fall, the conscience ill at ease, and sensible that it needed relief, and understanding sunk in darkness and blinded as to the first principles of spiritual religion. Just as we look with sorrow at some noble ruin, roofless and shattered and unfit for man's use, yet showing many marks of the skill with which it was designed and raised at first, so we may suppose that Jesus looked with tender concern at this man's soul. We must never forget that Jesus feels love and compassion for the souls of the ungodly. Without controversy, he feels a distinguishing love for those who hear his voice and follow him. They are his sheep, given to him by the Father, and watched with a special care. They are his bride, joined to him with an everlasting covenant, and dear to him as part of himself. But the heart of Jesus is a wide heart. He has abundance of pity, compassion, and tender concern even for those who are following sin in the world. He who wept over unbelieving Jerusalem is still the same. He would still gather into his bosom the ignorant and self-righteous, the faithless and impenitent, if they were only willing to be gathered. Matthew 23:37. We may boldly tell the chief of sinners that Christ loves him. Salvation is ready for the worst of men if they will only come to Christ. If men are lost, it is not because Jesus does not love them and is not ready to save. His own solemn words unravel the mystery. Men love darkness rather than light. You will not come unto me that you may have life. John 3.19 and 5.40 Let us learn in the last place from this passage the immense danger of the love of money. This is a lesson which is twice enforced on our notice. Once it comes out in the conduct of the man whose history here is related, 
with all his professed desire after eternal life, he loved his money better than his soul. He went away grieved. Once it comes out in the solemn words of our Lord to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. The last day alone will fully prove how true these words are. Let us watch against the love of money. It is a snare to the poor as well as to the rich. It is not so much the having money as the trusting in it which ruins the soul. Let us pray for contentment with such things as we have. The highest wisdom is to be of one mind with Paul. I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. Philippians 4.11 That is the end of Raoul's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we have just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? First, do we think we can keep the law of God? Or have we seen by the grace of God that we cannot keep the commandments? And has this brought us to Christ? Do we pray for the work of the Spirit to give self-knowledge and convict us that we fall short of God's requirements? Second, do we see in Ryle's insightful words that the love of God, while for all, has different levels? While he does love all, he loves his sheep, his bride, his elect with a special saving love. Are we confident to tell the lost of the love of Christ and plead with them to go to him? And lastly, do we really believe that the love or trust of money is the root of all kinds of evil? Do we pray for contentment in what we have? Can we say with Paul, I have learned in whatever situation to be content?